Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, excited to come to you guys today, and um, I want to share a verse with, with you. I was kind of nervous, and Miss Stanley gave me a thought, and she says, just claim a verse. That's what Pastor does. And so I said, man, i got to go to the restroom, and I'm in the restroom, and right above our urinal is the verse. It's uh, Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And it kind of summed it up, and I thought, that is a great verse, because it says, don't, but seek ye second or third or fourth. It says, but seek ye first um, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then the cool thing that all these things fall in place. And so that is my sermon today. I hope you guys appreciate it. Reflect on it. See you next week. Um, all jokes aside, it's funny that that verse, because it does simplify with something that I'm going to talk to you about today. But um, I want to talk about us being lights in the world. Um, and it's very important because we do have our flesh and we are children of God. But we need to be disciplined in our walk. And I'll speak about that in a minute. But I want to go to Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to read 12 through 18. So if you want to turn your Bibles to that. And then I'm going to make reference to some of these throughout. And hopefully I won't go on too many rabbit trails. It's all in my head, but sometimes it just goes everywhere. Um, in verse 12 it says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Because at the time Paul was in the jail and he was a leader to them. He said, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and do of his good pleasure. So God working in you. Do all these things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain, Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause, also do ye joy and rejoice with me. When it's talking about working out your salvation at the very beginning, and he's telling this to the church because he's in prison, um, not because he was thieving or stealing, because... He was preaching the word of God. And working out salvation, we've got to be careful because there's two different trains of thoughts. Um, there are some churches that encourage people to be very human doing um, instead of human being as far as that you need to do X, Y, and Z and that will get you saved and um, salvation. Uh, we do not believe that. Um, we believe that salvation is a gift from God. Um, that your works have nothing to do with it. Now, that doesn't mean that works aren't important um, to the ministry, or that, but it's because God flows through you, not because of what you're doing. But when I think about that, and i got to back up for a second and tell you a little story. Um, during Thanksgiving, you know, um, of course, one big thing about Thanksgiving is giving thanks and being with family and friends, but there's another part that is a stumbling block for me is food. 
Um, and um, before Thanksgiving, of course, everybody's leading up to it, and there's certain teachers that make great food and bring it in the teacher's lounge. And, um, and of course, I don't want to offend anybody, so I'm like, yes, i got to take this. And I want them to know I really um, enjoyed it, so i got to have more than just one piece. And then I go to the family dinner, and I want to make sure all my relatives are understand how much I appreciate their time cooking and stuff, so I partake. And um, nothing to do with my flesh at all. I just want to be caring, right? Um, now, all jokes aside, but, uh, boy, I was eating to the point where it's ridiculous. Um, and to the point where I'm just like, what am I doing? And then I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm, Ronnie, I'm barely like, I'm thinking, how am I going to get off this couch? I feel so full, right? Or where i got to unbuckle the belt because it's too tight. I tightened it too much. Um, no, it's because my belly's full. Um, and I felt tired and no energy, and I had this epiphany, some awareness. This is ridiculous. I'm tired all the time. I don't have any energy, um, and it's all because of what I'm doing to myself. You know, the, all those um, chocolate-covered Oreos or cakes and um, this, and there's nothing wrong with food, but it wasn't meant to be consumed the way that I was consuming it. And it was having an impact, a direct consequence um, for it. But I got to the point where I just said, enough with this. And I decided that I'm going to change my eating. And then after I decided to change my eating, I thought, you know what? I need to start exercising. I started exercising some. And then um, Brad at school, he came up with this challenge um, for exercising and stuff. And it's three times a week, 30 minutes um, a week. Well, I crushed it this week, um, and I was doing, I was like, you know what, 30 minutes, three times a week, that's not enough. That's not going to get me to my goals, and um, the other thing is, is I was feeling good to a point where I'm like, you know what, I like how I'm feeling. I have more energy, I'm doing more things around the house, because I'm getting more things done around the house. My wife's happier, um, so I'm happier, um, and so there's just all this thing that came about, all because of a decision to say, I'm not going to be in the world. Um, to me, like eating that junk and that food is not healthy, um, and there's consequences for it. So I made that decision. I'm exercising, and within like a week, I could already start telling results. And now it's been three weeks. I'm 17 pounds down, and um, I feel so much better, um, and I'm excited. Like I feel like my eyes have been opened. Um, now I share all that with you guys because in just a minute, I want to talk to you about working out your salvation. It says working out your salvation. Work, right? Effort. Time. Um, and sometimes I think we need to think about what we're doing in our faith. We get saved. We accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Um, we appreciate that free gift, but do we appreciate it? Are we cherishing that gift of salvation? Or was it a one-time deal that, okay, I got this checked off my list, and now I can just go about my business and do whatever I want. God never intended that way. You're a child of God. And in the same way that I had to have that epiphany and say, I got to stop what I'm doing. I'm not doing what I need to do to feel physically good. And now there's all these other positive consequences that are happening, positive things that are happening as a result of my good decisions with eating and exercising. But I want to talk to you as brothers and sisters in Christ that um, I don't want to get to legalism where we're just doing things to say that, well, I'm doing this and 
um, for salvation because your, your works don't have anything to do with it. But I think sometimes we're guilty of doing the opposite, which is, well, I'm just going to let go and let God kick up my feet and let him do the work. Um, how many ever heard let go, let God, right? Now, I've used that phrase in counseling sometimes, but it's sometimes because some people are so controlling on their life and that they won't say, you know what, I'm going to let God work within me. It doesn't mean that there's like you just sit back and let him do all the work and stuff, but let go, let God means that, hey, I'm going to let him flow through me. Um, and in order to do that, in the same way that we need to exercise to physically feel good or to make right choices, not partake of the world, those chocolate Oreos or whatever, um, is that there's things in this world that might not be as obvious that can be a part of your life that can be a distraction from your relationship with God. And in order to work out our salvation, that means some effort in us having a prayer life, having a devotion life, fellowshipping, attending um, church, being a part of your brothers and sisters in Christ, listening to the right kind of music, making those kind of choices. And I, I want to challenge you in the same way Brad challenged us at the school level is I want to challenge you as brothers and sisters in Christ, evaluate, reflect, um, because I want everybody in here to experience joy. And some of that joy comes from the fact of that um, whenever you're in his word and you're doing his devotional life, you see things from a different perspective. And one of the things that Brad sent me, um, email, actually I liked it so much, Brad, I hung it up in my office and cut it out. But can you tell him what that quote, I can't remember the, you don't remember, Brad? Um, but he sent an inspiration thing. And it was pretty much, it said being, the difference set from you from other people is consistency consistency. And in our Christian walk, we need to be consistent in our devotion, our prayer life, um, reading the Bible, wording his life, so that we know how to respond to situations, that we know how to deal with life, and that no matter what the circumstances are, if we're truly letting God work through us, we will still have joy. Now, in that verse, there's a verse that says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. This has been a tough one for me because sometimes I get frustrated um, with things around me and I want to complain or um, sometimes I work in the school system and there's things that I see that I don't necessarily like and um, I complain or murmur about it. And I'm like, no, I need to stop because I need to be a light and I need to realize that those are circumstances. But how I respond, because sometimes I'm reacting. When you're, dis when you're doing the murmurings and disputings, you're reacting. You're not responding to that situation and offering solutions and working through things and being a positive force so that other people are watching you. You know, um, when we, I know this is true with, with players and stuff. Um, if you turn your, like if the coach walks out of the gym for a minute while the players are in there, do you think they're given as much as if the coach was watching? Rodney, would you think? No, right? When the coach comes on scene, then all of a sudden it goes up a whole another notch. When the contractor leaves the site, his workers, they don't work as hard as they would if the contractor was there, right? Um, so there's that part where um, and when the police officer, when I'm driving down the road, if I see a police officer, I don't know, I, I don't know I'm guilty of this. And I honestly, everybody makes fun of me because I drive slow anyways. But if there's a police officer behind me, I'm looking at my 
speedometer. And I'm like, okay, I need to slow down. Or um, I'm watching the whole time until he turns off or something like that. So I'm behaving in a certain way because a police officer is behind me. When I should be behaving because it's the right thing to do. I should be on the football field, whether Coach Rodney's out there on the football field or not, I should be giving my very best. Now think about your Christian walk. Do we act differently when the pastor steps in the room? Is the conversation change? Does our attitudes change? Do we have conversation? Or is that something that's in us throughout the whole week, no matter who we're with? Because that's how we are supposed to be as children of God. Um, but that doesn't happen, just happen, guys. That requires effort on our part. That requires work on our part. If we want to be a light to other people, because sometimes I feel like we're the light where it's a flashlight, like, hey, Jacob, look at your sin, right? And we're flashing it on him. Where I want to be a light where, hey, I've, I come to the darkness and I show Jacob, hey, there's this light over here. There's this path. There's a difference. We've got to make sure as Christians that we're not being judgmental and understand that there's certain people that they're where they're at because they have the lack of things. Like sometimes the things I complain about, I'm thinking, they don't have the same philosophy I have. They don't have the same Christian perspective I have. So why would I expect that they would do these certain things? Um, and so sometimes... We don't know the backstories behind everybody. Sometimes there's somebody that might be in the church right now that's struggling with stuff, and they really don't need someone judging them or shoving them. They need someone to love on them. We had this discussion in Sunday school. Is um, There's a kindergarten teacher. She always says this, we got to love them before we teach them. And I agree with her. I, I believe that as Christians, sometimes we're too quick to teach, and we haven't loved on um, our brothers and sisters in Christ or if someone came through that door, we need to make sure that we're making them feel welcomed and loved if we want to be that light. Now, the thing that after it says work out your salvation, which is an effort on our part, um, and we need to be disciplined. We need to be consistent. There's no way, Brad, I wouldn't be feeling as good as I am if I only did it once a week, right? Um, if I said, well, today I'm going to eat healthy and then the other six days I'm not. No, I have to be consistent in what I'm doing. Um, I need to make it a matter of a habit. Um, and there are certain things in our Christian walk that should be a habit. We should be seeking his word. Um, not only that, guys, just think how powerful the relationship that you have, the healthy relationship. Because I don't know about you, but there's sometimes in my Christian walk that I've had a pretty unhealthy relationship. Because it's pretty much um, me just sitting in the pew or me just doing the very least. And I'm, not even, I'm doing it on my own effort. Um, like, I can be a good Sunday school teacher, but if I'm not letting him flow through me, it's not going to be what it needs to be. I need to let God flow through me. Each one of us, just imagine if we all got on fire and been consistent and disciplined and exercised ourselves in a spiritual way, how much of an impact it would have on this community, how much it would have an impact on each other if we practiced those principles. Now, um, going back to the, the laziness, we need to make sure that we're not lazy in our faith and that we're just going through and doing that. Um, the, God works in us before he works through us. We need to allow and do some effort so that he can flow through us and use us in a great way. How many raise your hand if you know somebody that's not saved? Right? Actually, I could probably put... How many know someone that is saved that's struggling? Right? We need 
to make sure that we're like in the Lord's army. Um, we need to be disciplined. I mean, imagine if the Lord, the army came out and there's a bunch of guys, Jim, just look pitiful, out of shape, um, all over the place, not in order, right? Like whenever you go to basic camp, you have them, they're all marching in line. Um, they all have, know who their leadership is and stuff. In the same way as the Lord's army, are we being disciplined enough? Are we being challenging ourselves enough? And the reason why I want us to consider, and everybody in here self-reflect on that, is because not only is it going to have impact on others, it's going to have an impact on you. You're going to experience that joy. You're going to experience joy even whenever you're going through tough situations or when there's things going around you. And just realize that, hey, in this moment, I'm living for God and I'm letting him flow through me. Whether it be in football or as a teacher, as, as a nurse, whatever it might be that you're doing, that God can flow through you. And I'm sure you guys know some people that you could give a testimony about and, and say, you know what, they're in the workforce, but they're still giving back. Now, I will tell you, um, Melinda, the treasurer and stuff, but me and her were talking, and I didn't realize this because, you know, I'm very involved in my youth ministry and stuff, but I was talking to her about the children's ministry because we're actually going to use the youth group and the children's ministry going to tie in together as far as I want some of the teens giving back um, in ministry with the children's ministry. But when talking to Melinda, I didn't realize that she, it's pretty much been her and pastor. Um, and she actually told me, because at one time there was a lot of workers in that. And um, what was concerning is, is that, because I was telling her, well, this would be a good idea. And she said, Mark, I can't get anybody to help out, to be consistent. People say that they will, and then they don't, and then I count on it, and then I get frustrated and all that. And she's going through all this, and um, I can tell you, Children's ministry has a huge impact on kids' life. Brittany Walmsley can give a testimony. She grew up in this church as a, as a child. And um, to think that there's not enough workers to do the children's ministry, we're a pastor, and I've heard him say this before, and I always wondered about it, um, is like they don't really advertise it a lot like they used to. We used to really advertise it, but it's because of fear of not having enough workers to handle the amount of kids that we have. Guys, that's not good. That is not good. So, um, and there's other ministries we could be doing in this church. But, Nancy, I got a question for you. If you were the only one doing the quilt ministry, would it be as fun to do it by yourself? You wouldn't be able to reach as many. Yeah, because you guys pound out like 26 quilt ministries, right? I mean, quilts for the, actually it's more than that. For the pre-K? Pre we do Yeah. But you have three or four that do that ministry with you, right? But that's having an impact. I've had so many people stop and they say, hey, thank your church because this quilt ministry was given to us for our family because we were going through this tough thing. That won't happen if there aren't people that are serving in God's capacity. Sometimes I think as Christians, we are so busy doing all the things of the world, right, that we're forgetting about, hey, we're Christians, and there's a part of giving back in the church as well, right? Um, and so I want to challenge some of you to think about, God could use you. 
there is a lot of things that God can use. It. I know that Melinda said, man, I'm just like a couple of people that could just sit there and listen to Bible verses with kids. And I can tell you I've done that. It's a lot of fun. Um, and there's joy that I get out of seeing kids learn the Bible verses and stuff. But I believe that we as a church membership could do more um, for the cause of Christ. Not for the cause of the world, but for the cause of Christ. Um, there's some questions I want you guys to self we, we can't trust this world. Um, we need to trust our faith in God. We need to be in his Bible so that we know what the truths are. We need to make sure that we're not grumbling and complaining within the church because the world's watching us. The world's watching what we post on Facebook, what we post, what, how our conversations and stuff. Um, and so sometimes I beat myself up because there's days that I'm not where I need to be. And usually those days, Rodney, they're whenever I'm not in his word, right? And, or doing a devotional life or doing the things I know that I knew, need to do as a Christian walk. Um, and there's sometimes I beat myself up, Natalie, because I feel like, man, oh, I missed the boat. Now I had an opportunity to witness this person or I had an opportunity to plant a seed and I kind of ruined that because the way I conducted myself. So we got to be careful how we walk and stuff because there are so many people that you guys can have an impact that me, I can't, or pastor can't. Every one of us has our own circle of influence. We're all called, not just pastor, not just me or Megan, um, to be lights in this world. It's everybody together. Um, and we are supposed to support and encourage each other and love on each other. And, you know, we'll, we'll experience that true joy that we need to experience. But some questions that I want to talk to you guys about. Are you, and don't raise your hand on this, this is something of self-reflection, are you working to grow your faith while avoiding legalism? Because I don't want you to get into being a human doing where you're Sunday school teacher, you're doing this or you're doing that in the church, but it's not Christ flowing through you, you're doing it on your own strength. I've been there, I've done it, and it, um, there's not joy in it. Um, joy is whenever you allow Christ to be in you and help you with that. So reflect on that and think about, are you working to grow your faith? And if you aren't, don't beat yourself up. Don't think about it in the past, learn from it. Um, a rear view mirror in the vehicle you look in that mirror, and Tina, do you look at it all the time? You don't, do you? Because you'll end up wrecking. If I looked in the rearview mirror the whole time and looked at my pad, what's behind me, I'm going to wreck my vehicle. Now, do I glance at it sometimes? Yes. But I don't look. I look forward. So there's no sense whenever you're reflecting on this, maybe hopefully today, is that you don't beat about what you're doing in the past, and you move forward. Um, you can't worry about what happened a year ago or two years ago or even when you're a child. You need to just move forward. Um, do you give glory to God for growing your faith while avoiding laziness? Um, and what I mean by that is being lazy with your faith um, and not realizing that it requires effort and time on your part. <laughs> this is the one that gets me when I read. I'm like, ugh, sometimes I'm so guilty of this. Um, especially, like, if you talk about politics or anything, I'm like, ugh. Um, and I'm like, really? These are the only people that you can find out, 330 million people to lead us? Um, but then I think about that we have a leader, um, and he's not talked about on the news hardly at all, and sometimes some people even edit him out, but we have Christ as our leader. Um, are you a grumbler and complainer? 
And I'm guilty and charged. Sometimes I get into that, and that's something that I need to work on in 2022. That's a goal of mine is to stop myself. Um, but the next one is, are you holding fast to God's word or something else? I think about this because I think we're all guilty of this sometimes. Are we clinging to our own intellect? Are we clinging to some relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend? Um, are we clinging to other things of this world, whether it's activities or responsibilities that we have, or are we clinging to God's word? Because um, sometimes we can get so busy and distracted that God has very little place in my life. And that's one of the things I want you to think about. Because if God has just a little place in your life, then your light's not going to shine the way it needs to. Um, do you view suffering as positive in the right context? When you're going through tough moments, um, pastor actually showed me a good video. It had Tim Tebow. And Tebow said, you know, he was showing some of the things, highlights of his career. And you look at it, and I'm sure that everyone in here would have some highlights of things that you feel really good about. But he said, you know, uh, really the things that I value the most, because you think he'd value quarterbacking and throwing a pass or doing something like that. But he said, you know, I really value the lows that I went through. Because in my lows, that's when I learned the most and I grew the most in my Christian walk. And so sometimes we need to look at our lows and realize that, hey, maybe God's trying to teach me something. Um, instead of grumbling and complaining about it, say, okay, God, this is where you get to sit back and show your moment. There's things with the building project that were appeared to be low moments, and then it's like, oh, okay, God, now I see. Um, it was after the fact that he taught me that this is why it had to happen this way. Or there's lows that, like, whenever at my school and stuff, and I'm like, okay, now I realize that that had to happen for this to happen. Like, for example, sometimes really low for me is having to deal with a situation where a kid has to be removed from their parents. That's very tough on me. Um, but then when I see the kid thriving and doing great and healthy and smiling and stuff, then I realize, you know what, we had to go through that tough time to get to the point where this could happen. Um, so sometimes those things go on. But we need to work out what God has worked in you. We've got to work out what God has in you. And so I just want to wrap up and just say to you all that I love you guys. I think it's important that our lights shine any more than I just think about how much our society has changed in the last 10 years. Um, and there's tons of darkness out there. Um, guys, if I could tell you backstories of backstories of situations I've had to be involved in and deal with that just pure darkness. Um, and sometimes a couple of people have said, because there's a lot of easier things I could do in my life than be a school counselor. Uh, but um, someone told me once, you're a light. You know, that's your responsibility and stuff, and um, cherish that. And, you know, it just gave me a different perspective on because I was having that one of those feel sorry things, Mr. Hudock. I just felt sorry for myself, and I was just like, you know what? Um, God's blessed me. He's put me in a certain position for a reason, and I need to be more in his word so that whenever I go through those tough times, that I can see joy in it, right? Um, guys, we need to be joy and love and represent Christ in a very positive way. And the only way we can do that is being in his word and making sure that we're doing the right things. And 
also making sure that we don't get to a point where we're like the Pharisees, where we're very judgmental or harsh on people that are struggling. Um, the other thing, and um, I hope you guys take this in right context, but the last thing you want to be is a Christian who's been a Christian for 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 years, and you're still a babe in Christ. Okay? That's not how the Christian walk is supposed to be. Um, a babe is, in the same way a babe, you've got to grow. Um, and there's nothing wrong. This is the coolest thing, guys, is that we don't have to do this alone. We can do this together as brothers and sisters in Christ. I know that there's certain people that I've had conversations with and we'll talk. And sometimes I was, they wanted me to help them and they helped me. They didn't realize that, hey, I grew as a result of that conversation. Um, but I think there's value in us supporting each other, encouraging each other. And never let shame get in between you and God. Um, too often I see people that they're beating themselves up for the past instead of moving forward. Um, take ownership of it. Acknowledge it, that there's sin in your life, and then move on with it um, so that God can use you in a great and mighty way. But I look around this room, and I see so many different personalities and strengths that um, we could use within the church to bless other people in this community. So I love you guys, um, but I, I do want you guys to experience joy in your Christian walk. But I think sometimes the reason why we don't experience some of that joy is because we don't exercise our faith. Um, you know, we could be in other countries. We could have our head. I could be, go out here and have my head beheaded in certain countries. I don't have that, okay? I don't have to get beat up because I've expressed we should cherish that, that we can go around and we can express our faith and be a blessing to other people. So I want to close out in a word of prayer, prayer, if you guys can bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to be here, Lord. And Father, I just felt like that, this is the direction you wanted me to go, Father, and I just pray that we all become lights, and we appreciate, you know, it's one thing to say that we appreciate you dying on the cross, but um, there should be a part where there should be evidence of that um, in our life, Father. Um, don't allow this world to consume us, Father. Um, put us in a situation, put a protective hedge around us, Father, so that we can grow in Christ and know your word, Father, so that we can be effective and we can love on people and do the things that we're supposed to do as a Christian, as a child of, in the Lord's army, Father. And may we just allow everybody here, Lord, to know that love and know that there's grace and that whatever they're holding on to that's holding them back in their Christian walk, Father, just let them release that and let them know they're forgiven, that they're loved, that they're chosen by you, Father, and that they are a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys very much. Um, I want to finish off by singing a song. Are you guys ready? This is a song that my mom always did with me at night when I was a kid. This little light. Uh, help me out because I cannot sing. I am not a singer. Come on, ready? One, two, three. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine.
have 